You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, host, back with another episode up in Bottlesville today. Sat in the clubhouse at Hillcrest Country Club. Just played golf out here. Played okay. We won't talk about how I finished, but it's hot, man. What a day. But in front of me, good friend Jared Gallagher's on the podcast. Talk a little bit about kind of Red Deer Golf Collective, a little bit about Oklahoma golf, and obviously you went to OSU, so go Pokes. That's right. Uh, tell me a little bit about, I mean, before we get dive into the golf stuff yeah. and, and the writing, and, and obviously you do a lot of things, tell me about um, kind of general upbringing and, and, and then how you navigate to go to OSU. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I know this is, the, this is Oklahoma podcast, so a lot of guys, a lot of people won't love to hear me say that I was born in Plano, uh, Texas, lived my first five or six months of life in Plano. Uh, but uh, we moved up to the Tulsa area when I was very young, uh, grew up in the Tulsa area. Um, Tulsa proper, Berry Hill, and then ended up in Owasso, uh, I believe, in third grade. So uh, from third, third grade through graduation, uh, I lived in Owasso, uh, graduated uh, from Owasso High School in 2007. Um, then um, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that I'd go to Stillwater um, for school. My parents both met uh, when they were in Stillwater in school, and um you know, it was just kind of uh, that. That's what we did as a family. Was uh, we grew up going to Oklahoma State football games and basketball games um, back when they were uh, not nearly as much fanfare. I know we've seen a, each other up in Stillwater once or twice before, and uh, there's not quite the fanfare uh, 20 years ago or 25 years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a foregone conclusion that I'd go to school in Stillwater, and uh, it was the best five years of my life. It was a blast. Uh, studied um, sports media, broadcast journalism, and um, you know met some incredible friends. And that's really kind of how Red Dirt Golf got started as well. I, I met Spencer Drury. We both worked out at Carson Creek together. Yeah. Um, and it was just a it was a summer job that uh, they needed. In fact, I thought I was going to get let go after the 2011 national champ. They were beefing up their numbers mm-hmm. for the 2011 national title. Um, and uh, I worked out in the cart barn and fully expected to not have a job come school time. And uh, for one reason or another, they let me hang on for a year or two. And so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And um, and Spencer always um, would rib me because he worked in the golf shop in the air conditioning and it was hot <laughs> in still water in the summertime. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of how that came about. And um, and uh, I, I, I regret very little of it. Yeah, no doubt, because, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, beat being at Carlson Creek, playing, you know, free oh, out man. there, and, and you're just around some great players, and you get to see, you know, a future Victor, Hol- Victor Holland or whoever the guys were back then. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's amazing. It, it, that's really, you know, where I fell in love with the game. I didn't play in high school. I didn't play competitively in high school. I was not ever a, um, and still am not a competitive golfer by any stretch of the imagination, but, um you know, when you're working out at a place that has that kind of 
pedigree, uh, it's hard not to fall in love with the game. And when you're watching excellence every day, you know, Ricky Fowler and Kevin Tway and Morgan Hoffman and Peter Uline are out there grinding for hours a day, you know, uh, on this world-class golf course. It's hard not to admire what they're doing and, and to see uh, at that time, uh, Mike McGraw was the head coach and to see him every day and uh, and gather his wisdom was uh, was pretty cool i mean that guy he, he's to this day one of the most knowledgeable guys in the game of golf i've ever met um and uh and it's they breed excellence and i think that's really filtered down i mean you look at the the prep scene here i mean the prep golf scene in oklahoma is outstanding the junior golf scene is outstanding the amateur golf scene is outstanding so um you know not saying that Carson Creek and, and the Oklahoma State Golf Program takes all the credit. But I think they, you know, the, when you have had literal decades of excellence, um, you know, that that brings the level up at, at, at other levels of competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sports media thing, that was a, just a, like, I'm going to go do sports media. That was a, from a high school you're really involved in and in, in really enjoyed kind of journalism. Yes. Like so, uh, you know, I, math and science were out. Yeah. I knew that from an early age. That was not my forte. Um, but I, I, we loved, I, we were a sports family and, and I loved sports. Um, and was never athletic enough to go play at any serious level. Um, but we played basketball, we played baseball, um, all the big sports. And, and it was something, you know, I saw it as an opportunity to kind of stay in the game somehow. Um, I did it to, um, I, I really did it to, you know, be able to position myself um, in and around these games that I love. I mean, when I was at Oklahoma State, I had an internship with the media relations department and I was able to sit courtside for Oklahoma State basketball games and be in the locker room um, for the 2011 Bedlam game, you know, when winning the Big 12 championship. I mean, there's some incredible experiences that came out of that. And I did do sports full-time uh, out of school for a few years and quickly realized that that's it takes a special human to be in sports full-time. And I'm not that special of a human. So um, I, I burned out on it pretty quickly, to be honest. Um, you know, the 80-hour the work weeks and being at the ballpark all day, every day is a grind. And so, um, you know, full-time, it just wasn't for me. But I found a way through announcing and things like that that I'm able to still go to the games, be a part of the games, and kind of put my stamp on it. But, um, you know, I don't have all of the... Uh, I guess the effort or the the commitment to to right. being there full time. It's great when you're in college, you don't have a family, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Because you, know, you just you just you're around the guys, do whatever you're having you want, fun, yeah. and you like I said, you're in that locker room, and you because you put in those hours, and they see you all the time, and you are one of them. Um, you know, unfortunately, you don't have to go to workouts. So you just kind of yeah, like I get exactly. a camera and I get to write stuff. Was it the did you kind of fall in love with the writing side of things and the photography side? Like, yeah, I think you know, I think I. I and I don't know what my wife would say, but I think I'm a romantic, a romantic at heart. Um, and mm -hmm. that goes beyond, um, you know, just what you see on the gridiron or on the hardwood. I, I love romanticized stories of athletic feats um, yeah. or, you know, I mean, the miracle on ice, any of those movies, you know, I'm a sucker for sports movies because I love the emotional side of it. And I, I love, you know, the, the, storyline of bonding and you know anything 
that goes around the competitive nature of sports. I'm all about that. I, I think yeah. it's so cool to be able to, and you know, sports are a parallel to life, right? I mean, yeah. But at the same time, it's an escape from life. It's just, it's such a cool yeah. kind of juxtaposition. Um, and I've always just wanted to have a small part in that. Yeah. Well, and, and like when you're at a program that, you know, you, you've seen the wins, you've seen the losses, because for the most part, OSU, especially yeah. football, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, it's not like you're always oh, yeah. contending, you right. know, but the great thing is you've seen what it means to people when you do get that championship. And like, and it, it, it means the entire world, yeah, right? Absolutely. And like, it, there's something you know. There's, I, it's always, it's kind of like that fan who, like, you know, their team always won. I mean, just like you have no idea yeah, what it's absolutely. like to like win two games a year, no doubt, and still show up, no right? doubt. I mean, like, I, I remember in. I remember where I was in 1995 when Oklahoma State beat OU in Bedlam 12 to nothing. I remember where I was in 2002. I remember where I was in 2011, you know, when I was actually in college and got to experience that. I mean, it's crazy how, you know, that can bring people together, um, you know, all walks of life. It doesn't make, throw everything out the door, yeah. politics and religion and race and everything else. If you have that common bond in a, in a, in a sports team or a program that you are passionate about, then your brothers and your sisters, yeah. you know, and that's, what's so cool about it. And so, um, yeah, I've got some really cool memories that, <laughs> you know, they say in Ted Lasso, it's the, it's the hope that'll kill you, you know, and, uh, it, it is, but, but it makes those moments even more special. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, for me, cause I didn't grow up, you know, in a big university and I, I you know, university sports back home is not big at all. You sure. know, it's, it's, it's the premiership or the rugby or that's it, yeah. right? It's not like, you know, college sports out here, which is massive. But, you know, when you support a team that's just terrible and they get that <laughs> win, right? They're that one miracle season and you that hope. It's yeah. like we could we could move up a division. Like we're there, we're right. there. And then they miss out by like two points. Yeah. Just like over a season that's nothing, you know? But the good thing is you get to you get to hone your craft and enjoy like, you know, the it's not like for you, because you're in media you're still progressing regardless of how the yeah. team's doing because yeah. there are times you've got to write a report sure. we've sucked yeah. you know oh, but no then, doubt. you know and you're like how do I string this together yeah. how do I find a positive yeah. right but still like that grows you uh, but sadly like you said you come to a point where I kind of I, I want to have a family yeah, <laughs> I want to well, have a life yeah that's true and you know it, it, there are different sides of it too I've been on the you know the sports reporting side of it. I've been on the marketing side, you know, working with teams and programs. Um, and it's, it, it's cool to see and develop those relationships. Um, you know, like now I, I announced University of Tulsa football and basketball, and it's cool to see some of the same journalists locally covering the same sport, you know, yeah. because they've really ingrained themselves in that they're almost a part of the storyline. I mean, Barry Trammell's almost a part of the storyline whenever he reports. You know, there, there, there are those um, relationships that you create throughout the years. And, um, you know, University of Tulsa basketball, we're going through a coaching change right now. Well, I've only ever announced Division One basketball for Frank Haith. And so it's going to be a new experience uh, to announce for, for Eric Conkle, who's coming in. And, and uh, you know, to see... You know how how does the atmosphere change in the arena? How what sort of things right. uh, is he going to bring to the table outside of a competitive nature and, and hopefully bringing some wins? You know yeah. how is that going to change the culture of Tulsa basketball? Uh -huh. So um, 
you know, there's it's there's so many pieces to the pie there, and there's so many people behind the scenes, you know, ticketing. Uh, Ticketing guys and marketing guys and and sports information guys and I mean there's so many people that that people don't ever see right. um, that make um, you know an athletic organization run at any level. Yeah. You know I mean nowadays there are high schools in the state of Oklahoma that are hiring their own sports information guys and and media people and um it's crazy and it's needed that's the great part about it you know like there's nothing better for these kids than you know because high school everyone has those stories right high school the best sometimes could be the best time of your sporting career in life but having that documented like imagine if you know we've all like i said we've all heard the stories of you know we got a friend who's like i did this and we did this in high school how good was our team that year and you have documented proof of it yeah you're like yeah we get to play this every now and then bring it out like it'd be so cool yeah absolutely it's it's really i'm i'm super excited to see where um, high school athletics in the state of Oklahoma is moving yeah. um, because it is becoming, um, you know, that's one of the jobs I have. Well, Wasso High School, I announce football, basketball, baseball, a bunch of different sports. And that's one of our mentalities is to bring a Division One level product yeah. every time. And that's not just on the field. It, that's, you know, what music am I playing, um, in yeah. the, you know, uh, from the press box? How am I announcing things? You know, do we have our scripting in line? Do we have our advertisers and sponsors? in line you know all of these extra moving pieces and it's just a scaled down version of a division one operation and it's cool to see a lot of um a lot of high schools and and you know these prep schools moving toward that level i mean it's everything is is becoming more and more uh professional and it's 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 pretty cool to be you know on this side of that to yeah, watch yeah how do you like well where, where do you find your announcer's voice like where does that first opportunity come <laughs> and you're like you know what you can do this or do you do an internship under someone like how does that come sure, about because yeah. it's a job that a lot of people i think think is probably one of the coolest jobs you could have being the announcer sure but they don't know how long it takes to like like i said 60 80 hour weeks of covering baseball yeah right? absolutely it's a it's it's a it's a niche position for sure um when i realized that i I wasn't going to do um, play competitive sports. I that was kind of my first foray into being around sports uh, while not playing it. I started when I was in high school. They needed some I don't know seventh grade football announcer yeah. on Saturday mornings or something like that, and so I went and did that. And then I was in choir in, in high school and college, and um, knew I had a you know a voice that could be utilized for more than. Yeah. Whatever. And so, um, you know, I just tried to parlay that into an opportunity for me. And so I had some great mentorship with Larry Reese at Oklahoma State when I was there. I mean, he's been there. I think he started when he was in college at OSU in the 90s, early 90s. So he's been there for 30 years and has become the voice of Oklahoma State Athletics. Um, Obviously uh, knows what he's doing there. And we've got some great voices in the state, Um, you know, Guy at OU, yeah, he's been on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but I mean, he's awesome. Yeah, we've got we've got some we've got some great voices in the state of Oklahoma, and they're really, um, you know, as 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 far as marketing a brand goes, I mean, you almost need that voice, that consistent voice to, to, you know, people know when they walk into Boone Pickens Stadium, they're going to hear Larry Reese on the microphone. Um, I hope to bring that to the to the Tulsa games that I announced, the Owasso games that I announced. Um, and when I was announcing the Dodgers in Oklahoma City, that was the same way. I wanted to be there for every game and, and hopefully, you know, bring that level of consistency right. to, to Bricktown Ballpark. 
That's going to drive me nuts, that guy's name, because I, I know him as well. Like, he's just a great dude. Uh, but then his predecessor was, who's the other legend at OU that was there forever? Yeah. Again, you're like, talking to an Oklahoma State guy. You're right. <laughs> I've yeah. been around. I should have realized yeah. that. Uh, but no, you're right because these guys, it's, it, you're, it is a very niche position yeah. because they find someone they like, they're very good at it, you know, and and they the person they do generally loves what they're doing and sure. they don't want to go anywhere else. And thankfully, like your voice is something that stays with you until you die. Yeah. So you know your your kind of job security yeah, is pretty I mean, good unless yeah. you say something really you look bad. At Mario, Mario's been with the Thunder. Mario, I think his name's Mario Benali. Uh, he's been with the Thunder since the Thunder came to Oklahoma City. I've tried to get that job several times, but he is yeah. the voice of the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, and, and, and it wouldn't be a Thunder game if you didn't hear Mario on the microphone. Yeah, again, I have to look up this guy because it's going <laughs> to freaking drive me nuts. Anyway, um, yeah, and, and, and it's Toby Rowland. Oh, yeah, Toby. Sooner yeah. voice on Instagram. Um, yeah, like it, it's such a cool job to have though, because like, and, and on today, right? Or yesterday, like the open for us, we, sure. we're recording the Monday after the British Open just to kind of timestamp this. And, and I'm driving up here yesterday after Barlowsville, I was listening to the pod, listening to the open radio. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun listening to it, right? Yeah. Like you don't see anything, but like, even though if you're watching, the putts aren't as close to going in as they sound like they're going in yeah. on the radio. And I'm fortunate enough, a friend of mine's dad is one, was one of the guys on open radio. Oh, and he's done yeah. it forever. He's been sure. a radio announcer yeah, for, yeah. for his, that's his career. And it's just funny to like, I know him. So yeah. it's like listening to his name's Ron Jones, like listening to Ron's voice. Sure. It's like, that's so awesome. My buddy Alistair, who who is his son, we play golf together, and Alistair like literally went to every open he wanted to because he's his like, name's Alistair. Yeah. His, yeah, also, his, yeah, exactly. Um, Alistair, I think Alistair, his, uh, his yeah. dad would say it, but um, they're never going to listen to this. So I can, I can <laughs> yeah. say it. I think Alistair's in Texas actually because he came out here to play golf. But it's such a cool job, and, yeah. and you know, it's something that that you know people recognize you, they know you. Um, but also, like sometimes, if they've never seen you, they're like, "Wait, I know, I know who you yeah, are. I've absolutely. listened to you before." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's the coolest part about it. And you know, I I, I don't would never do this to be recognized um, for you know what I do on the microphone or what I don't do yeah. on the microphone. But but it's really cool when people. You know, you can see them kind of thinking. You know, I've I've heard you before. I'm not seeing your face, but I've heard you before, and uh, and I get to to make that connection. But um, it is, you know, as as much as what I get to do on the microphone at the stadium or in the arena, it's for for me, it's trying to to create a game day atmosphere that people want to enjoy, whether or not their team is winning. I, I want it to be high energy. I want it to be fun for everybody yeah. home and away, um, you know, and make sure that they are, um, you know, they're getting their money's worth, mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, their guys are, are, are right. performing well or their gals are performing well. Yeah. So back to the golf thing, you said when you worked at Carson Creek that that's kind of where like the Red Dirt Golf yeah. Collective kind of birth of it. Is that where you just kind of full deep dive nerd out into the architecture side of golf? <laughs> and the stories of golf and how like Oklahoma is like pretty special. No sure, one talks about yeah. It. So I, you know, I didn't realize kind of you know the gems that we're sitting on as Oklahomans, and we have some gems here in the state that are crazy good golf. I mean, if you, you know, people aren't traveling around to Oklahoma like they are right now, Nebraska or Wisconsin or Oregon, but we have you know in in terms of the richness of 
golf course architecture, I mean, I would put us up against anybody in terms of, um, you know, the quality of golf course architecture per capita yeah. uh, in the state of Oklahoma. It, you know, working out at Carson, that's where Spencer and I got to know each other really well. He was the, I was the best man in his wedding. He was in my wedding as well. And um, it really wasn't until COVID, we were playing out at Cimarron National one day. Um, and this was right after, I think the guys from the Golfer's Journal had come through a couple of weeks before. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey Bannon and some of those guys. Um, and, and not to, to shamelessly plug them, but I'm going to shamelessly plug them anyway. They're worth it's, plugging. They're oh, amazing. my gosh. As far as, as media content goes, they're the best in the business. Golf media content, yeah. um, you know, low advertising, really quality. It's everything writing. I want. This is a exactly. podcast fan. It's amazing. Too. The same thing with Red Dirt Golf. I mean, that's it was kind of our inspiration for creating Red Dirt Golf. We wanted to create an avenue for telling, kind of deep diving into some of those stories of um, the architects, the Perry Maxwells, um, you know, the A.W. Tillinghast that people didn't even know we had in the state of, right. very few people knew we had uh a couple of Tillinghast in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, there's some really cool stories out there that we wanted to tell. And, um, that this just kind of became a creative outlet for, for us to write and, um, and, you know, hopefully tell some of those stories that haven't been told in a long time, you know, and, and kind of refreshing people's minds and, and hopefully creating some pride in the, the golf that we do have here in Oklahoma. Well, and it's also fun for you guys to have a project that like, you don't, you know, you you're not like solely thinking. I need ads. I need, I need yeah. to pay bills from this, right? Yeah. You know, you're not. It's it's just a fun passion project to do, and you also don't have anyone telling you what you can and can't write yeah, about. Yeah, for sure. And you can write as much as you want, or you can write little, or you can travel. Like it's it's the beauty of it, and I know you guys did a great job of it. And and you know, you guys getting a press pass to the PGA was like the pinnacle of it, <laughs> that was uh, cool. which we'll get to later. Yeah. But what was kind of like? Did did you just kind of start like writing stories? Like what was that first story? And and I mean, how do you think that? You know, I know it's great to have an idea yeah, how sure. is it like oh let's just like this is gonna be a legit thing now. we you know i think when you start anything you have um images of grandeur in your mind on, on what it could be and the potential that it has um but we intentionally started slower than we wanted to we started with a twitter account and an instagram account um we didn't have a website we didn't have anything um because you know spencer and i both have full-time jobs we both now have full-time families we've got a lot of stuff going on and you know i'm announcing on the side and all of this stuff and so you know we wanted to make sure we're not biting off more than we can chew so uh, you know this really started two two summers ago as a twitter account um and pretty quickly we realized that it had legs uh, and that this was kind of a an opportunity um, that hasn't really been fleshed out by anybody else uh, in our state. And uh, and so we created a, a website and that allowed us to um, have a platform for telling those stories. I mean, you can tell a story in 140 characters or 280 characters, but you're not going to get all the details that you want in there. Um, and so this gave us the plat, this website gave us the platform to, to write those stories and they are long form stories. I mean, I think one of the, the story we did on Hillcrest is like 4,000 words. So if you're not a reader, it's probably not for you. But um, but if you follow us anyway on Twitter, yeah. uh, for sure, because we'll, we'll give you the highlights of our stories. But, yeah, it, it just gave us an opportunity to get out there. And, and, and that's another thing that people don't realize is how accommodating people are uh, in this game in Oklahoma. I mean, I'm not a member anywhere. I'm not a member at Southern Hills or Hillcrest or, you know, 
anywhere else that I'm we've done sure a story on. Exactly. Yeah. Anywhere else that we've done a story on. And they've wel- everybody has welcomed us in with open arms um, because they know that we have a special story to tell, whether it's Perry Maxwell or it's Frank Phillips here in Bartlesville. And his he barely played golf, but he had such an influence on the game of golf in yeah. this Bartlesville area in, in northeast Oklahoma. Um, it, you know, Waco Turner in southern Oklahoma, his story is freaking wild. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even, you know, I, that's a story that I wanted to tell. I think I've got two or 3,000 words on Waco Turner right now, <laughs> and I'm not even to the interesting stuff yet. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's there's so many stories like there out there like that. That I mean, Susie Maxwell Burning right. at Lincoln Golf Park. Golf Hall of Famer. Yeah, Golf Hall of Famer yeah. was inducted like, the same year. The as Golf was, Hall of Fame. Yeah, like, yeah. like the big one. Not like the Oklahoma Golf <laughs> right, Hall yeah, of no, Fame. Yeah, the big which, one. You know, like the, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, and she started the game of golf because she worked with horses outside of Lincoln Park and one of her horses got you know lost on the golf course and tore up some greens i mean it's crazy some of these stories that are out there that are are not known or little known you know and so this was just kind of a platform to tell those stories and it's been a lot of fun yeah and like you said like you can ball out and literally write as much as there is to write about these stories because you don't have to worry about it (laughs) we are the writer we are the editor and and we do it how we want it and that's that's one thing and who knows where this goes in five years or ten years maybe we have a team of people that are doing this and and I have to edit the stories or whatever but that was I was very staunch about writing the things that we want to write about and doing it the way we we want to do it we're not going to have perfect grammar you know I I studied AP style in college, but yeah. it's not going to be perfectly, you know, in line with yeah. with the New York Times or USA Today or, or wherever you get your news. Um, but hopefully they're interesting and hopefully we bring a different angle to the stories that we write. So, yeah, um, that's that's kind of our philosophy with it. And, and if you like it, we love that. If yeah. you don't move on. Yeah. Like it's I mean, there's so much that so many stories to tell us, so much to talk about. And there's some epic golf courses here that, like, oh, have kind of... I mean, for this place, right? Yeah. Hillcrest, like, it's kind of out of the way. Yeah. But it's worth coming up here to play golf here because it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, taking Hillcrest, for example, it's a 1925, I believe, Perry Maxwell golf course. So that was, that was when Perry Maxwell was still kind of in his you know, banker slash golf course, you know, he went full-time golf course architect after his banking career, but this is early on in his career. I mean, you know, this, there have been a few, we've, this is 2022. We've celebrated a few centennial, um, Perry Maxwell's this year with, with, uh, well, Duncan golf and tennis club was last year, I believe. And, um, and there were a few others, but, but this is a classic Perry Maxwell. I mean, you were out there, you've seen those greens. I mean, you get that classic potato chip style green and, and, um, I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous. There's, there's elevation out here. And that's one thing that, that Maxwell was very staunch about was he would not work on a golf course if, if it wasn't land properly used for building a golf course so um he he was he was as good a scout of of land as he was anything and and this is one of those cases yeah yeah so again starts a couple of years ago you're slow to get off the kind of blocks on purpose just so you can kind of 
Because the last thing you want to do is say, hey, we're this new thing, and then you haven't written anything for exactly. like four months. Exactly. I've made that mistake many times. <laughs> uh, ah, this is Oklahoma Golf for anybody interested. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's great because then, like you said, you, you do, but you have the time to tell the full story. Yeah. You know, like you said, the, the story, which I'll link the website in the description, you guys can go read some of the stories out there. Tell me about kind of like how you get hooked up with, with Casey from the Golfers Journal and then like how you do the Boiling Springs event as well. Yeah. So the, again, it's, it's a, golf is a family, whether you've met these people or not. I mean, you played with two guys today that I don't know that you've ever met them before. Once. Once. Yeah. And it was as pleasant around. Mm-hmm. I followed you for, what, seven holes or so. And it was as pleasant a time as I've had on a golf course in a long time. I mean, perfectly, you know, nice guys, perfectly accommodating. And that's just, that's how this game is. You can walk out and play with three other guys that you've never met before and be great friends with them by the end of the round. That was kind of the same way with getting hooked up with Casey. Um, they were coming through. I think this was the first year they had the van. Mm-hmm. And the first summer they had the van, and he was coming through. And somebody made a call out, uh, whether it was Casey or somebody local, had a call out to uh, play at Kicking Bird one day. And it was about as hot as a day as it is today, you know, 100, 100 degrees plus. And Casey came through with the van, and, and we just, Spencer and I just showed up. Yeah. And we had a couple of friends, and, and we played nine holes <laughs> with Casey that night and ended up going over uh, to some guy's house and having hot dogs and hanging out to one o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday or something like that. And and it was just, uh, it was a great experience, and we, we kind of stayed in touch. And he contacted me, I don't know, maybe a year ago at this point about, um, you know, any hidden gems in the Midwest that we kind of we had our eyes on. Um, we've been out to Boiling Springs a handful of times. Um, Jeff Wagner does. A, I, I can't. There are not words to express how good of a job Jeff Wagner does at Boiling with Springs. With what he has. With what he has. It's yeah. the, With as few resources as he has and as inhospitable of a place Western Oklahoma can be. It is incredible to have a golf course of that um, magnitude and stature out there um, and and maintained as well as he does. I think he runs a two-man crew, which, you know... Nobody that, does it's that. Unheard of. Yeah, to you have don't that run, level of golf. You don't course. run top golf with a two-man crew. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I we, we got Casey hooked on uh, onto Boiling Springs, and it's such a unique experience too. I mean, that's that's the one thing that's that's one thing that's so cool about Oklahoma is there's such variety from you know the Washita Mountains to the Wichita Mountains to the Panhandle to you know the the little Sahara. I mean, there's just yeah. so much in Oklahoma and, and that also manifests itself, uh, in golf courses in Oklahoma. And so, um, Bowling Springs is really unique in that regard. We got them hooked up. They, they played an event at Prairie Dunes in Hutchinson, Kansas the week before. Uh, and they were really just kind of looking for something in between. They, you know, when they take the van out, they're out. You yeah. can't just ship the van back to right. Southern California. Yeah. So, um, they, they needed an event and we got them hooked up with Jeff and, and made it work. So, um, it, uh, it, 
you know, it was um, it was a really cool two day event. I when yeah. we were talking, it was we rolled in on Friday and it was 95 degrees, uh, and when we got up Saturday morning, it was 55 degrees. And that's <laughs> if anybody knows Western Oklahoma, that's what it is. So yeah. and the wind was blowing about 40 the whole time out of different directions. So because because you guys had them here for for the PGA as well, right? You yeah, we, with them. Yeah, he, they stayed. Casey stayed with us. He stayed uh, with you and his team. Yeah, he yeah. stayed. We had a. Oh, this is a crazy story. So um, they were doing some pre-PGA coverage. Um, Casey had written some stories on it and stuff. And so they brought the van. And I live in a little neighborhood in Owasso. And so I had that van parked outside my house for four days. And it's like, you know, it's a big matte black Sprinter van. I mean, you can't miss it, right? And it's got a T logo, golf T on it, the side of it. Um, And so it's kind of... um, it was brash sitting out in my driveway, but um, they, they came in for a few weeks, uh, the three of them, it Casey and uh, Foster McCune, and then they had a photographer, Matt Hahn, uh, out of Dallas came up. And, and Matt, if you've not... Who's incredible. Oh my gosh, if you've not seen his... In fact, we're, we're about to post a story. Uh, it'll probably be live by the time this goes live um, on Boiling Springs, and we're going to use some photography uh, that Matt took from that event and it, I mean he's unbelievable and his summer he went I you know I think he covered two majors yeah and I, he's just getting his photography business up and running and he's so busy and but he's I don't know I, I just can't speak highly enough about Matt and, and his photography photography but they came in and the first night they were in town and mind you i haven't seen casey in two years yeah. i've never met foster i've never met matt they're staying in my house i have a about a month old baby at this point um and we're hanging out whatever i want to show them the best of what tulsa has to offer and 11 o'clock that night we had a, a bit of a an emergency we had to take Palmer, my daughter, to the emergency room that night. So uh, they had already gone to bed, and I, t- I texted Casey and Foster, and I said, "Hey, you guys, just watch the dog. We got to run to the emergency room real quick." And we were there till three or four in the morning, and yeah. it was it was wild. But they were, you know, they're so cool, and um, we got to do some really cool things. I took them to Brahms for the first time. I love Brahms. We go to Brahms three times a week <laughs> as a family. It's a tradition. Um, but we we did uh, the gathering place. We um, they did a drillers game, you know, so they, they did got to do some really cool things in Tulsa and kind of see, um, you know, some of the, um, more interesting aspects of Tulsa. I know they went to, um, black wall street as well and yeah. did that as well. Uh, so it was, uh, it was cool. And they, they had some really cool coverage of that. Yeah. That's fun to show your, you know, show people like that, your home city, oh, right? I and love show it, them, but also show them like, like they're not getting the tourist attraction. They're yeah. getting like, come and see it. How I would show you. I, 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 I will say this. I gave them an option. They were here for four days. I gave them an option on Thursday night. They had the drillers game or I was announcing an Owasso <laughs> and they chose the drillers game. I was a little bummed out come about on, that, guys. but you know, Hawassa did win a state title this year. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, they had a great time yeah. at, at the ballpark. So. so fast forward me from there and then into how you guys get a press pass for the PGA. Yeah. So that was wild. And I'm still not convinced that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a little shell shocked that it happened. Um, it, it, so Brian Carnes, uh, who I don't know if you've had on the podcast yet. You need to get Brian on the podcast. Great guy uh, is 
an Oklahoma native. He's the the champ director for the PGA uh, this year at Southern Hills, and he did did it last year as well for the senior PGA. And um, we did a story on Brian. Um, he actually he and I actually worked together in the. OSU athletic department when we were in college. Um, he was a few years older than me and uh, is a great guy and has done really well for himself at the PGA of America. And um, this was his first big champ to, to run, uh, to be the, the tournament director of. And so it's a really special thing to, to get to do that in your home state. Um, and, you know, if, if you know anything about those champ directors, they're moving every two or three years they're moving their whole families to different you know he was in rochester for three years and he was in lexington for three years and so he you know it's it's a hectic life to do that and so for him to be able to do that in tulsa uh in his home his wife is from owasso you know and for them to be back for that was was really special and we wanted to do a story on that so we wrote uh we wrote a story on brian and and um i'm not convinced that helped or hurt our chances to get credentialed for the PGA, but but they did give us two uh, credentials for the PGA, and man, what an experience that was. It was uh, as good of a week as it was for people watching golf and yeah. for Southern Hills and the membership. Um, I think we had the best week of everybody. It was incredible. Right, because you are like, you know, you're in your home, your home city, home state, on a golf course that is obviously the best in, you know, well, I say obviously, it's it's definitely one and two, but oh, yeah. you know, for the best in the state. But at the same time, you you got the world's best coming here, yeah. And you know, you would have been there anyway, even you know, if you didn't have. Oh yeah, pass, for sure, pass, right. But the fact that like you have that pass, you're inside the ropes. Yeah. Like, where, tell me when you get that call. Like, where are you? <laughs> well, it was a. Uh... Because it's like Christmas Day. Oh, for sure, absolutely. It, so it's it's all online. You know, you have to apply online yeah. and all of that stuff, and and. I've applied for a million credentials in my life, you know, with announcing and things like that. But I, there's always that nervous anticipation. You submit your application and you know that you're not a full-time publication and you know you're not, you know, your circulation's not as big, but you're local and you're doing local stories, so maybe they'll cut you some slack, you know. And so there was that nervous anticipation and a week goes by and two weeks go by and it's a month out and it's like, well, I haven't bought tickets, so maybe I should start looking for tickets. And uh, and then you you get that confirmation email and says, hey, you know, you're approved for two press passes, which is crazy to me that we got two, you know, but um, we're really blessed that that, that happened. And, and immediately I called Spencer up and said, hey, did you get this email? And just making sure that we got the email, you know, because you have to, you, you, we had to apply individually. Yeah. We, I couldn't just apply for the, uh, for, for Red Dirt Golf. And so, um, you know, making sure that he got it too. And, and I wasn't the only one. So that was, that was a surreal moment. And so from there, it was just, you know, all green lights. I mean, it was gas the whole way trying to figure out what sort of content we're going to do. And we know, you know, again, we were talking, you know, off camera, we're not a, we're not talking about, we're not writing about the coverage of the championship. I'm not writing about how, you know, Mito Pereira is in the lead going into Sunday morning, you know, that there's, 
95% of the other writers in that press room are doing that. And we wanted to find different angles. And yeah. so, um, you know, brainstorming what sort of content we're going to do. And, um, you know, I know you're a hardcore photographer. I am not. You know, most of this stuff that we do on our Twitter account is, is yeah. through this thing right here. It's this iPhone. Um, and so, you know, trying to figure out, you know, well, are, how are we going to get around that? And, and, you know, just trying to, f- you know, decide what sort of coverage our audience wants to see, you know, and how are we going to put the red dirt spin on it? And so it was a busy monthly. And you know, that was also when the Golfers Journal guys were in town, yeah. too. So, you know, it was a busy month trying to do that with a one month old trying to figure out how I'm going to do six days out at Southern Hills with a at that time a two month old and no sleep and and you know how I'm going to convince my wife to let me do this you know and so it was a it was a crazy experience but it it actually happened and and I still I mean you know listening listening to your episode with Reagan Kingsley the other day it just brought back so many memories you know and we're only what a month and a half removed two months removed from it and it's like I made so many memories that week like it's going to be hard I need to write them all down because there's too many to remember I know that I'm going to forget some and I don't want to forget yeah you anything. need to like voice note them first yeah don't you? absolutely just to have them and like you know it's that's just because it's fresh and, and you know and just go day by day because you know just walking in the gates for the first day oh. Oh my gosh. And you're just like, you know, you're on eggshells, right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that imposter syndrome. You're like, I don't think I belong here, but I, I'm going to yeah. try not to piss anybody off because I want this to happen again. And you're just like, yeah, that's... that's. And it was so cool, too. I mean, you know, Nick Sidorkis is, is the GM at Southern Hills, and Kerry Cosby's the, the head golf mm-hmm. professional. And Carrie, Carrie's been so good to us, um, you know, basically just kind of opened their doors and allowed us to come in and... and do what we want content wise and um, I've worked with him for two or three years he started during COVID he started um, what they're calling the Oklahoma Junior Masters it's a junior amateur tournament out there and some of the state's best prep golfers I mean the first year Austin Eckroat and Quade Cummins played in it yeah. and um, and you know this year I mean there's so, anybody that is a yeah. prep golfer in the state of Oklahoma this is kind of the premier tournament but they've allowed me to, to be the first tee announcer for all all three years of it, which is just an incredible experience. And this year, it's usually late summer um, at Southern Hills. Uh, this year, Kerry convinced the PGA to allow them to bump it up to the week before the championship. And so you've got these, you know, anywhere from 14 to 18 year old kid Oklahoma kids out there teeing off in front of those grandstands and stuff. And they really did it big and it was special. But But even, you know, being there with no infrastructure on the grounds and then being there with all of the infrastructure on the grounds it it's crazy how much they've done i know reagan spoke to that i think he said what sixty thousand zip ties on fences or something yes. like that it's yeah. crazy stuff yeah so. it was like millions of fence line or millions of feet of fence line or no. something like the stats were nuts uh and even we did it like a month after the event and it was still like they were still tearing stuff yeah. down and i'd never been there before yeah so driving in there you know obviously you and you get shuttled in when you show up to yeah. the event but then driving up to the gate i mean what a drive that yeah, is right? absolutely and everyone's on the range having a great time I've, I've always said you know augusta has magnolia lane southern hills has that drive i they need to name that drive they do need to name and that drive. um you know it's always i've always thought that the, you know again the masters has its own music yeah. uh, the players used to have their own music they don't use it anymore but it used to be i don't know if you remember this it uh-huh. used to be the theme from the man from snowy river okay um 
I don't remember the name of the song, but it was uh, it was one of the yeah. songs in, in the Man from Snowy River. Which was a great film, and uh, I've, I've always. Do you have suggestions for this song? Uh, yeah, no, I I don't know. It's I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Maybe some Jason Boland or you know something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we need to put our Oklahoma flair on it. But right. uh, but uh, uh, no, honestly, I mean it's it's one of the prettiest drives in all of golf anywhere. Yeah. Especially you know here in Oklahoma. I mean it's it's really to drive past that guard gate and it's what half mile three yeah. quarters of a mile up it's to the clubhouse. Time. It's a and you see most of the golf course mm-hmm. uh, on both sides. You get to see the the core and Crenshaw nine, and then obviously you see. Harry Maxwell's championship course and it's I mean you just get chills when you're driving up that yeah. that drive so it's definitely a special and and to to be on the media shuttle bus driving through those gates with you know Alan Shipnuck sitting behind me and and you know Sean Martin's in front of me and you know I mean there's I, I was I don't get you know when you're around athletes a lot you don't get um Starstruck. Yeah, you don't get starstruck. You don't get shell shocked by a lot of guys. Um, the first time that ever happened to me is when I got to announce Clayton Kershaw at Bricktown Ballpark yeah. during his rehab. That was really cool. Um, and then the second time was was seeing our name, Red Dirt Golf Collective, on a on a booth in the media center, and I'm next to Brendan Quinn of the Athletic, you know, who I've followed for years. Right. And you know, I mean, just seeing some of those. The Barstool guys were there for a couple of days, and and we got to see them, and and uh, you know, I don't know, man, it was it was just wild to see. You know, these are guys who I grew up reading, right. you know, and seeing their content, and um, it's cool to see. It was cool to be in in the same place with this with the same status i guess yeah, as them you know and, yeah. and it felt really good and you, you know there was a bit of an imposter syndrome there sure. um just because you know we were probably the only ones there who weren't making money to be there and and write it you know this right. is a hobby for us yeah. this is not our this is our passion project yeah. um but at the same time it was it was very encouraging to see you know sean martin came up and said hey man we've i've read your stuff i love what you're writing how cool is that i mean that was such a confidence boost I mean, he writes for the PGA Tour every yeah. single stinking week, you know, and and to to have somebody like that just give us that confidence boost was really cool. Yeah, so. yeah, you're right. I mean, for anyone listening, that's like some you know CEO saying you're doing a great job, right? Or like some like, oh, tiger sure. coming up yeah. to you on the range and hitting golf ball saying, "Hey, bud, you're doing great." Nice like, keep working. Yeah, nice yeah. yeah, like that's so cool to have that and to be in that scene, you know, for the first time, right? Yeah. To be in that and on a, on, you know, the PGA Championship, the scale of it, um, and have the 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 event, the way it turned out, you know, the playoff and all. I mean, just all of it, like. It was it couldn't have gone any better but then you got a front row seat to it yeah it was cool i i did a story on sunday we have a whole pga championship section on our website you go back and read any of these stories but i but you know kind of the angle i wanted to take on sunday i got up there i i think the buses the media buses started and this this was ridiculous you'll enjoy this the media center uh, hotel was the Renaissance at 71st and 169 across town. So you had to plan an extra hour ahead with traffic and everything to grab the bus there to go. It was, I'm not complaining because they literally rolled me up to the clubhouse. I didn't have to walk a step. Yeah. But um, I, I on Sunday morning, I grabbed the earliest media shuttle I could and got there before dark. Uh, or b- before sunlight and, and walked the back nine by myself uh, inside the ropes. Nobody was there to stop me. And, uh, and it was, 
I I don't know. I, I tried to write about the experience that was, you know, because you think about major championship golf and the tens of thousands of people that are there every day and the, you know, the attention um, that it draws. And I just wanted to experience the solitude of being and try to put myself in maybe a contender's position, you know, standing on the 11th tee box, that part three in the corner of the property, you know, and, and how would I hit this shot if I was two back, you know, with yeah. seven holes to play or something like that, you know, and it was, it was, it was, that was a really special, you know, walk for me to get to, to, to get to do that. And I, you know, I didn't tell anybody I was going to do it. I just went out there and did it. And it was, that was one of my favorite pieces I've ever written personally. You know, that one meant a lot to me to be able to, to get to do that. So, and yeah. it kind of summed up our whole experience, you know, of, of, of getting to do this in our home state, you know, at a course we love, yeah. uh, with, with people around us that we love. It was really cool. I've done it. Um, I've done it kind of that similar experience once been out on a golf course and watched the sunrise Yeah. and you're the only one out there yeah. and you're walking down the middle of, and I've got chills talking about it. And like you, you're walking down the middle of a fairway and, um, like I FaceTimed my, my dad actually while I was doing it and you're walking down the middle of the fairway and I remember walking down this ninth fairway and I turn around and I'm just seeing my footprints because yeah. you only went out there and it's like 5.30 in the morning 6 o'clock and you're just like this is golf right mm-hmm. like this is like you know when you say oh, write a letter to golf yeah. right like it is that for yeah. me you know yeah absolutely and it's so peaceful and so quiet and I mean it's it's paradise but also, I'm facing on my dad. I'm like, Dad, look at this. And he has no idea what yeah, it's like. Sure. Like, he just doesn't. And yeah. I, because he, I totally understood it. And it made it more special for me because, like, he has no idea how cool well, this feels. And isn't that the beauty of it, too? Yeah. I mean, you, you, can, you can find that beauty in the solitude of it, playing around by yourself early in the morning or late at night or whenever it is. But also, you have that yearning to share that experience with somebody else right Um, even if you know that they're not going to fully appreciate it the way you are appreciating it in that moment that's that's what's so cool about again I'm I'm not a good I'm not good at this game right you know I have a bag full of scrum clubs that I've picked up throughout the years but I play every chance I get because I love it and I love to meet the people and I love to experience the the golf courses and the people behind the golf courses and I don't know man it's just it, it's it's a drug and it, it keeps you coming back yeah well and that's that's the beauty of it is you you know you can relate through your writing you can relate to literally everybody mm-hmm. you know like yeah. you said a guy like you who like hasn't gone and spent you know two thousand dollars on a brand new set of clubs and you know or someone who is you know an elite amateur or played college golf or just getting started or the dad that had you know they only played golf with their grandpa whatever it is like it's it's such a cool sport and I think just getting like crank getting away from just like the the noise and being out on a golf yeah. course with you and your buddies or just you on your own and just you know i mean nobody walks golf courses anymore but like go and walk the golf course yeah right like even if you take a push cart whatever it is just be out there i mean it's why i fell in love with the game like yeah. i have ev- everything i have in life i can tie it back to golf yeah every person i've met i mean it always comes back to to being on a golf course somewhere i wouldn't be here without it yeah i you know my great-grandfather was a rancher in Velma, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and he picked up the game uh, late in his life. Uh, played a wild horse golf club in Velma, Oklahoma, you know, and and 
you know, it's it's just whether it's heritage or lineage or the friendships you make or the, you know, the beauty you find in the golf course. I mean, it's it's everywhere. And, and you know, I, I don't know how you can play this game and not find beauty in it. Yeah, It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be, you know, defeating and deflating sometimes. But at the end of the day, you know, you sit here and you look across Hillcrest Country Club and you see, you know, the the creation that Perry Maxwell built 100 years ago, 97 years ago. Yeah. How can you not be romantic about that? You know, it's it's just I've, I've got goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, because like I mean, you look at, I mean, for people who have never been out here, there's a lot of trees at Hillcrest and a lot of them are very old. So you're walking between these trees. One hundred years ago, these people, you know, yeah. people we, they dream, you know, people we could tell stories about, have walked the same walks. Yeah, and that's the only golf has. Well, I say golf. Like golf is one of the very few sports that has that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, geek out here for a moment, but in the 1930s when A.W. Tillinghast came back to Oklahoma, he he did a consulting tour during the Great Depression um, to help. Uh, golf courses be more sustainable and he came back through Oklahoma and he touched uh, Lincoln Park and Twin Hills Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club and then he came to Tulsa and did Indian Hills and the Oaks and Tulsa Country Club and then came to Bartlesville and spent a day at Hillcrest and so I got to deliver a letter to John Ron over here the head pro here at Hillcrest Uh, I got to deliver him Tillinghast's letter from 1934 and he had never seen that before like how cool is that you know that uh, you know, one of the world's greatest golf course architects in history mm-hmm. has been here on this property. Has consulted, you know, with with their people and 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 made it more sustainable. And and now here we are, yeah. eighty years later, a hundred years later, uh, enjoying the same property. It's just it's it's so special. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, all right, finishing up. Where I mean, what's the kind of, you know. A ten thousand foot view of, of what you want Red Dirt Golf, Golf Collective to become one day, and and then you know, I mean, where are we going from here? Because yeah. you do have a young child, you have got to make <laughs> yeah. money, and you do work a full time job. But if all that was taken care of, what would you do? Why, you know, what would you do? It? Man, uh, it, it, this I don't know this this whole experience has been amazing, and I just hope that we're able to continue to do what we're doing. I don't care if it grows, if it doesn't grow. We've got great ideas and bright ideas that hopefully, you know, if we could, you know, one of our ideas, I want to do a Maxwell tour, you yeah. know, and, and have events at Perry Maxwell's, maybe not Southern Hills, but, you know, uh, Buffalo Rock yeah. in Cushing, Duncan Golf and Tennis Club. I mean, there's so many Perry Maxwell courses in the state of Oklahoma that, that don't get the um, exposure that maybe they deserve. Uh, yeah, Hillcrest right here. That's right, John Ron. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, you know, I'd love to do a maybe a an event tour yeah. of that nature. I'd love to um, do some videos. I mean, people can read all about it, but until you see the golf courses and experience yeah. them, at least through video, if not walking the golf courses, I mean, that's the best way. And that's why things like Random Golf Club have gone so big or um, the Strap Series that No Laying Up does or, yeah. you know, there's so many of these um you know, fledgling media outlets have gotten so popular because of high quality video and photography. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I think we can grow, uh, you know, over the next few years. Um, so yeah, I mean, just continuing to tell these stories and, and hopefully, you know, 
shining a light on on and uncovering a lot of things that people can be proud of in the yeah. state of Oklahoma. I mean, going back to Waco Turner, it seems like nobody realizes that the first black man that won on the PGA Tour won in Bernieville, Oklahoma, in the 1960s. Ten years before anything else happened, on yeah. tour, you know. I mean, how cool is that? Nobody knows that, and it was yeah. because of. Uh, an oil man from Ardmore, Oklahoma, built a golf course and and coaxed the PGA Tour to have an event out there. You know, so there's some really uh, cool experiences and stuff that hopefully we can um, we can shine a light on. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, mate, I really appreciate it. Yeah, like, dude, it's been, been so good to tell stories. Shout out to John for letting us sit in the uh, in, in Hillcrest uh, dining room with this amazing right. view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for people listening, then, what's the website? What's the socials? Where can they go and read your, your I mean, let's start with the 4,000 words you yeah, wrote about uh, Hillcrest. Reddirtgolf.com. Um, it's easy enough. We're, we try to keep it simple. We've got like four tabs on the website. Yeah. Um, and, and some of it's highly visual, some of it's only stories so you can kind of pick your poison there awesome. um, reddirtgolf.com you can follow us on twitter I think our handle is rdgc underscore ok because red dirt golf collective was too long so <laughs> uh, but just search red dirt golf and you should be able to find it same thing on instagram um, and hopefully you know see us out and about we've got a our little bison is our logo and so Great if you see logo. it yeah, thank you very much do we much. have merch coming hopefully yeah hopefully that's, need, that's I, know, I know that's uh that's um it's it's on the docket you know Good. so we've got a little bit out there but um you know the crazy real quick this crazy story about the logo we were talking spencer and i were talking when we wanted to start this and we we're you know like what are we gonna do we're like how's we really like you know the the minimalist style that's out there and whatever yeah. and i was just jotting stuff down and and just was kind of drawing a stick figure buffalo and um and on a piece of notebook paper that is a one of one uh, no revisions at all that's what, yeah that's what we drew yeah and so i i captured it you know like a adobe capture or whatever and, and turned it into a png and, and that's what we've used ever Sick. since so um yeah it's gone that's gone really well for us so it's epic. Um, yeah thanks man awesome well for everyone listening i hope you enjoyed that little dive into oklahoma golf uh, i'll put the link to red dirt golf collective website and social media in the description and we will catch you next episode Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.